0: The big brain behind Yahoo Sports. Check out the big brain on Brad. Rivals.com. Why are you laughing over there? Welcome to the Trojansports.com
1: podcast with Blair Angulo, Chris Watson, and Adam J. Maya. The The
0: Trojansports.com podcast. It's
1: fun. Isn't football fun?
2: (laughs) It's fun, Blair. That kicks off. Thank you for the landing. Right now. Right now.
1: Welcome back to the Trojansports.com podcast. I'm Blair Angulo, West Coast Recruiting Analyst for Rivals.com, joined by Trojansports.com staff writer Adam J. Maya. Adam, I've never asked you what the J stands for. Jorge. (laughs) For reals? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. Like like the Spanish Jorge.
2: Like, yeah. Like Like not George. Well, George in English, Jorge in Spanish. Blair, aren't you... I am? am.
1: That's why I'm asking you.
2: You you shouldn't. That's why you shouldn't be asking me.
1: Okay. So my. So your your Twitter handle is Adam J Maya. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, uh, our, our our colleague Christopher Swanson is s- is Chris P Swanson, right. which I, I I would assume is Patrick.
2: We were just going. <laughs> he he's <laughs> probably Irish and Hicks Patrick.
1: Okay. Who knows? All right. Well, so, that beard. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little red too. It's there, got a little red tint to it. There are rumors that he shaved a beard. All right, so can we confirm that? Can we confirm those? Uh, we're those gonna rumors? call him later. All right, so we'll confirm those rumors maybe later. Maybe get a selfie. My my middle initial is a U. Can um, you can you guess what mine is? Obviously, I don't put it on my Twitter because I'm just B Angulo.
2: Yeah, you told me, and um, it was different. Um, uh, I man, it no. You're out. You're out. Your, a, your brother has a, a unique name as well.
1: Yeah, his name is Librado. Right. Right. But yeah. not
2: Librado Barasio.
1: No, that's a UCLA uh, special teams player. <laughs> right. Um, From like Right. Right. A- anyway, so my middle name is is starts with a U, and we'll leave it at that. Um, <laughs> we we'll, we'll, we'll get we'll get to that at some other point. Right now, okay. the hot topic that everyone is talking about: Super Bowl 49. It, it, it happened in Phoenix, so you knew something crazy was going to happen because yeah. something happens there in that stadium of University of Phoenix Stadium mm-hmm. anytime a game a big game is played there. what was Pete Carroll former USC head coach thinking?
2: He overthought i mean he he knows i mean he he's a a football genius let's kind of preface anything we say with you know his his uh acumen but I think he overthought it. I think um, he let that clock run down a little bit too much from, you know, I think it was like about – like 106 was when they did the first down play. handoff off to Marshawn Lynch from the five. You have a great memory. And he got a four-yard run. And so that play ended at about, you know, maybe a minute or whatever, 58 seconds. And then he let that play – he had one timeout left. He let that play clock run all the way down to about 26 Um or the game clock, excuse me, all the way down to 26. And they committed, they they put three receivers in the field, and they committed to passing the ball. And I think he just was like, we can't run here because it's second down, and, you know, we have a a down to waste, and we want to run that clock. We don't want them, we don't want to score with 45 seconds.
1: And yeah, because they can just drive down the field and, and yeah. kick a game-time game, game time field goal. And we
2: don't want to run with 25 seconds because then we have to use our timeout.
1: And then it'll be a pass for sure. Yeah. Because we won't be able to get the field goal. Yeah, timeout. he
2: didn't want, He wanted to be unpredictable.
1: Was that the right call, though? I, I was watching the game live. and Don't, and don't even ask me that. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I'm seeing Russell Wilson from the one-yard line go into shotgun Right. And then he moves right. Marshawn, I think, from his right to his left, and I'm like, "Oh no, this is what are they doing here? What? Why? Why?" And uh, it, it was, it was a great play by the defensive back. Yeah, uh, it, I,
2: and the, yeah, unfortunately, we don't even talk, no one talks about that. I mean,
1: because they have to bash your favorite quarterback, <laughs> Russell Wilson.
2: You, you know what? I don't even put this on Russell. Um, the one thing he could have done is maybe
1: you know throw it lower. So are we putting this on Pete?
2: Absolutely. It's gotta be on the head coach. Everything runs through him. Every decision runs through him. You don't put your your quarterback in that position. And you know, I tweeted last night. I'm like, I I don't care if I had Aaron Rodgers, I would not be throwing there. Um and Trent Richardson in the backfield, I would not be running I mean I would be running there no matter what. And like I said, I think Pete overthought it. Um <laughs> I I'm so dumbfounded by it. I mean, we, we watch football for a living, and I uh, we're obsessed with football, you know, and we we grew up on football and when things are so like extraordinary, they, it's to me it's indefensible that they would that they wouldn't run there with Marshawn Lynch, the most physical running back since um, Bo Jackson maybe. I mean, you're
1: old. I'm not, so I I have no idea. I have no input on that one.
2: I mean, he's a modern-day Earl Campbell, and this is what he does better than anybody. I mean, he had a third and goal earlier in the game from the three, and he broke like two or three tackles to power in. Yeah, a
1: little spin move. Yeah, uh, (laughs) dive. How much? So you you tracked Pete Carroll closely Mm -hmm. at USC during the dynasty. How how much has he changed? Has he changed at all, just based on personality and coaching style, and do he have done that at at, at Se?
2: Well, people point to the the fourth and two with Texas uh, in the Rose Bowl, where they were trying to run out the clock and they were they
1: were winning. People are still talking about that. Yeah, well, that, and people are gonna talk about this forever as well.
2: And in that play, he. He did the right thing in the sense that he handed it off to Lendell White, who isn't even Marshawn Lynch, of course. But at the same time, he was a 200 and maybe 50 pound back. Do you
1: think that play played maybe something in his mind where he's like, oh, "I made that mistake already near the goal line. I don't want to make that same mistake."
2: No, I don't. Uh, that's a you know a good question. I don't think so the 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 mistake with that play that everyone points to is that reggie wasn't on the field. No one really says that reggie should have gotten the ball. Reggie was not very good between the tackles and so it isn't like you were going to hand the ball off to reggie in that situation. It was more having them on the field as a decoy. But I also can understand that if I had to pick between maybe another, you know, another tight end or a lineman or reggie I'm kicking a lineman because I'm ultimately I'm trying to gain these two yards with Wendell White. So I didn't. I, I don't even think of that as being like a, a horrific play call. But this one, <laughs> I I can't get over it. Um, I kept thinking about you know what would lead him to not run with with Marshawn Lynch. I mean, why? You're not even saying anything.
1: <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know what to say. I mean, that...
2: W- He's not Barry Sanders, you know? I mean, I get that there are certain tailbacks that, like, oh, they're really, really good. They're they're a Hall of Famer. Barry, you can argue, is the best ever or in that, you know, top three. But I get that you wouldn't hand the ball up to him, maybe. I, I, I can understand that a little bit more. But um, Marshawn Lynch, just h- hand him the ball... And, you know, run that play earlier, maybe at like
1: 45. And you have the whole season, you have two weeks to prepare for this game, I guess. Why that play? I mean, was that their best play on a, on a must-win situation? I, I can't imagine that being the number one play on, on their to-do list if they get in that scenario. Well,
2: he basically said after the game that, like, well, we were, we were going to win it on third down. You know, we were going to run on third and fourth down, and this is kind of like a, it was a throwaway, throwaway play. play. Like, you don't run throwaway plays on, on the one yard line with in, under in the a final minute, to minute. Go. Right, yeah. and you're losing the Super Bowl. Yeah. I, 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 I want to keep talking. I, yeah. okay. I
1: think that's the end of that for us. <laughs> w- let me
2: say one more thing.
1: If, Knock yourself out. If
2: Marshawn Lynch gets stopped on second down, and then you, and uh, I think you run the play a little earlier, and then you run him again on third down, or you call your timeout, and then you run him again. If they stop Marshawn Lynch three times, then they deserve to win. You know, you you don't regret it. You don't look back on it like, oh, man, we shouldn't have run with Marshawn Lynch from the one. We should have thrown, you know what I mean? Like, no. No, From Russell Wilson to Ricardo Lockett, like, that's not the optimal play call there. Yeah. And so, or if you guys score and then New England comes down the field and with, you know, 35 seconds and they manage to – tie the game and go in the overtime or win the game, then hat's off to them, you know? But you're not regretting that you handed it off to Marshawn Lynch one.
1: Yeah. Very quickly will Seattle ever get over that
2: I mean I I think from from a competitive standpoint, it'll always be there. And of course, you know, you're going to come back and you're going to try to win, and maybe they will win another title in the next couple of years. It'll be a different group. It's never going to be that same group. So you're going to have people that are going to be living with that and are never going to be able to, I guess, maybe redeem it. Yeah. Or, whereas New England, if they were, you know, Tom Brady and maybe a certain select group of Patriots that are still there from 07 that haven't gotten over the whole David Kyrie catch, this. You know, this helps.
1: Yeah, it helps alleviate some things. So, from some former Trojans, we're going to go into some potentially future Trojan yeah. talk here. Uh, a big day for USC on Saturday, hosting the Elite Juniors, as they say. Uh, and it was an event that was a huge hit last year. You had guys like Iman Marshall there, Rashim Green, John Houston, Cameron Smith, Christian Rector, Roy Hemsley, Isaiah Langley, Ricky Town. Jacob, Daniel, Marvel, Tell—all these guys, uh, you know, were among a large group that was on campus at Junior Day last year. This year, uh, a big group as well, and and some offers went out. Adam,
2: yeah, a handful of offers went out, and what, what I picked up on, you know, even coming into this, you know, I talked to a, a few of these guys, and they were very excited. Um, you just see, like the there's been kind of like a a change in the perception of the program. I think Stark hasn't gotten enough credit for that because there was a lot of negativity and a lot of bad energy around, you know, the the Kiffin, the end of the Kiffin era, the firing, Orgeron, you know, it just seemed like the program was in distress. And and now, I mean, I go back to two months ago, you know, with the game with UCLA where it was a bit of a shocker at the time. You you did not think that UCLA would blow them out.
1: Yeah, I think we're forgetting this team finished fourth in the Pac twelve South.
2: Right. And that feels like two years ago. That game. That game was two months right. ago. It feels like two years ago and who, yeah, who was
1: the goat in that game? I don't even remember. <laughs> it, it's just irrelevant. I mean, rhymes with Steon McStay.
2: <laughs> well, anyway, I'm not going to go there. I don't want to get into a you know a Twitter war, but USC they feel like they're a, a top five team in the country. You know, not just in recruiting, but the overall health of the program, and you really get that um, from these recruits, the ones that are going to sign on Wednesday, and then the ones that are looking forward to coming next year. I mean, just a couple weeks ago, I talked to, you know, Kate Markell and Shay Patterson, a pair of quarterbacks that, you know, m- may or may not end up here. And the first thing they're saying is, you know, USC is a brand, and it, it'll put me in the NFL, and I have to take them seriously. It's like, they're always going to be in my top five, yeah. you know, in my heart, because they're you know they're legitimate.
1: Yeah, Khalil Tate called it the best offer in the in the, in the West, West Coast. Yeah, right. so that's huge. Uh, linebacker Chris Barnes also got an offer. Teammates from Pittsburgh, California, Sherrod Thompson and Jordan Parker, two defensive backs, got offers. Modern Day athlete Curtis Robinson got an offer, and Chandler, Arizona, wide receiver Nikhil Harry also got an offer. So those are guys to to monitor moving forward, and it's and it's very significant with Nikhil Harry because. There are so many receivers here in California that we've talked about at length. Some of them were on campus this past weekend, so for them to offer a kid from Arizona when there's so many l- other local options, just kind of shows you that that the, this staff isn't afraid just to send out offers and whoever kind of snacks them up first, you know, th- you know, that's who they'll go to.
2: Yeah, I mean, we have a loaded class coming up of receivers um, in 2016, and I expect them to recruit. A lot of these guys, a lot of these four or five-star receivers, really, really hard because they are putting that position kind of in the background for this upcoming class. A
1: lot of skill players already. A couple commitments. Dalen Hayes, five-star linebacker yeah. from, from Michigan. We have a, a commitment from Mike Juarez from mm-hmm. Torrance, and and you know there's there's a lot of skilled players in the 2016 class, and I know we talk a lot about the 2015 class because signing day is in a, in a couple days, uh, but I think the 2016 class be just as big for usc in terms of just filling needs because when they come in as freshmen, these guys will be looked upon to, to fill little gaps, you know, maybe some roles. Because I think most of the the, the roster will be made up of guys that Steve Sarkisian wants in, in those spots. Uh, other big visitors that were on campus: C.J. Pollard of Guardian Sarah, his teammate Brandon Burton, and defensive end Ulawule Bitiku were also there. Byron Murphy from Arizona made it out. He's from Scottsdale, so leaving the Scottsdale area during the Super Bowl weekend to come out to Los Angeles is pretty indicative of his interest in usc uh tyler Vaughn's uh high four-star receiver from bishop amat was there along Mm -hmm. with teammate trayvon sydney dylan crawford david long jackie jones michael Pittman, a ucla commitment was on campus for usc's elite junior day theo howard damian alloway lawson hall trejon butler just to name a few i'm just tossing (laughs) out some names here but this class is going to be huge i i think it's going to be just as big as this 2015 class what
2: yeah, and I think uh, another thing—I mean, gosh—I really like the way Stark is doing things. I felt like with the last class, or not the last one, but the present one, 2015, as much as you know, it can be a superstar class. You know, it's a lunch pail class. It's filling a lot of needs. It isn't just going for the the big skill players and the the playmakers, but they had a lot of holes in this roster that they had to attend to. And I feel like he's doing that. And I, f- I get the impression that he'll be doing that every year. And I think there's always a, a maybe a, a tendency or a temptation, let's say, to at USC when you can get a lot of five-stars and a lot of four-star you know, skill players to overload at them because yeah. they'll come here, but then you're neglecting different positions, neglecting the offensive line. He's not doing that.
1: Yeah, and something, I mean, obviously that's a great point. You know, he's loading up on roster spots that he needs to and addressing needs. But something else that's really, really smart is just from a publicity standpoint, Having an elite junior day where all these top-notch recruits, top-flight recruits, are on campus at the same time, taking photos together, putting them on Instagram, putting them on Twitter, putting them on Snapchat, doing everything, kind of getting the brand out there, saying, "Hey, U- USC's changing, changing things up. so We're going back to where we were," and and just building building that kind of publicity is is huge for a program moving forward. It's the
2: place to be. That that's what you know. That's what we're seeing. That's
1: actually what- <laughs> speaking of which, they they uh, invitations were sent out. Mm-hmm know if you've watched Willy Wonka I, I know you only watched the Arrow. original
2: or the uh, both,
1: well both both no I think they both have this this concept that I'm talking okay. about I know you only watch terrible movies so I'm not sure if you watched e- either of the th- I think they were both good They're, I actually watched <laughs> You think they were both good they were not bad you should probably stop talking <laughs> all right so anyway so these kids These, these I guess these, you can't yeah these, these, you're gonna talk by yourself if you want to do that these recruits when they got their invitation they got golden tickets they got golden tickets wow yeah and it says golden ticket Genius. you, you usc junior elite day i'm not sure how much these 16 17 year olds know about a golden ticket and what it entails but um let's hope that they got chocolate on their visit so we'll be (laughs) right back we'll be right back to break down this 2015 class big day coming up wednesday february 4th is national signing day we're going to toss out some predictions on who we expect usc to close with you're listening to the trojansports.com podcast Gene Wilder forever. Hey, it's the QB Sean Salisbury, and you're listening to the Trojan Sports Podcast right here on the home for Everything USC. Everything USC. Trojansports.com. You're listening to the
0: Trojan Sports Podcast on Trojansports.com. Power. Rivals. Rivals. I can't.
1: And we're back on the Trojansports.com podcast Chatting USC recruiting Adam, the big day is finally here We get to chat with Chris Swanson But the big day is also National Signing Day Wednesday, February 4th Don't forget about the beard The beard, the bearded one Chris Swanson, how are you doing, Chris?
0: Good, good The beard is actually
1: gone, Blair Wow, so we have confirmed We have confirmed reports from anonymous sources that your beard is gone. What happened? Did you lose a bet? Did Pete Carroll lose a bet for you?
0: Oh, you you just kept mentioning
1: so much I started to feel subconscious, so I can't do that. right, so a big, big day coming up for USC. Wednesday, February 4th, like I mentioned, National Signing Day. USC expected to close out strong. We're going to provide some predictions here, Chris, of who we expect the USC Trojans to close with. Uh, Let's start with number one rated cornerback Iman Marshall of Long Beach Pauly. He had a final in-home visit with the Trojans last week, and you know, you know Biggie. I know Biggie. Adam, I don't know if you know Biggie, but Biggie, Biggie. Uh, <laughs> when he takes photos with with coaches and staffs and on his visits, he he doesn't smile. He keeps a really really good poker face on. Uh, and with this with this picture that he took with the Trojan staff. He He almost smiled. He is fighting He Yeah he almost he is fighting he back a smile. smile. Like there's half a smile there. He's kinda laughing where they probably told him, like, Oh, you're trying to look tough and then he laughs. But that's gotta be that's gotta be some good (laughs) news that's gotta be good news for usc as they as they met with him for the last time face to face obviously a dead period as national signing day approaches uh and marshall also canceled his last official visit to oregon uh he also unofficially visited ucla during the final week chris who are you going with uh usc yeah i think that's the
0: safe bet i think it's uh It's what everybody's been thinking since his recruitment really took off a few years ago is that USC's the favorite here. Um, He, he, like like most prospects nowadays, although he does a really good job of it, he keeps a straight face and doesn't give an indication. Um, I know he's been taking visits, and and he's seriously looking at other schools, and who knows if, if something's caught his eye. But I'm thinking USC.
1: Adam... Iman Marshall has been to Florida State. He's been to LSU, Notre Dame, and Michigan. Um, there's been some rumors that he might have taken his last official visit to one of the L.A. schools. Mm. Uh, I know he was spotted at the SLS hotel in Beverly Hills over the weekend and not sure whether he took a visit or you know whether UCLA got him there, USC got him there. Either way, I think it's an L.A. battle. Yeah. With Michigan kind of running in there, who are you going with?
2: Uh, I believe he'll be going to USC. I think that for a long time now, he's almost, like, intentionally tried to throw people off of USC, and wanting one, one, I mean, I've heard that before, people that are close to the situation that he doesn't want people thinking he's going there, and then he'll... Announced that he'll be going there.
1: Yeah, and he he hasn't been on campus since November. Right. So that he's doing that, a pretty good job. Yeah, that's that could be maybe a thing that he kind of just did just to maybe throw people off. I'm going with USC as well. I'm just gonna I'm gonna go with the Trojans from wire to wire. I, I don't think there, there's any reason for me to change that pick. I know he's liked his visits, um, but I think at some point he was just looking for an excuse not to go to USC. I think he was just looking for maybe a, a school to wow him so much that he he couldn't turn them down. I don't think that school ever came. I think it's going to be USC on, on National Signing Day. He announces on ESPN around noon or so and we'll have someone there at Long Beach Poly. Chris, let's move on to five star defensive end Rasheem Green of Gardena Serra. I was told that during his in-home meeting with the coaches uh, this past week, he had a couple US USC jerseys hanging from his staircase railing, uh, so that's got to be good news. I know USC uh, feels good about him. Uh, a couple schools that don't feel good about him are ASU and Miami. They've been informed that that they won't be the pick for Green. Um, so that I think that only leaves one real possibility. Who's that? Who's that going to be, Chris? I think
0: uh, once again, it's it's USC. I think that uh, they're just you know, Rashim Green is just playing the game. Um, and going through the motions and doing kind of the same thing you guys mentioned with, uh, with Biggie, where he's trying to find, you know, a school that might beat the hometown favorite and beat the school that's closest to him. He's been quiet. Uh, he denied the, re- there's a report out that he eliminated Miami. He denied that report. He's still gonna, you know, have them among the schools he's selecting on signing day. Um, but it is, when, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. There's been plenty of uh, you know speculation on on those two players uh, at Sarah eliminating some schools, and I think that, uh, that Rashim at the end is, is going to be a Trojan too.
2: Yeah, I, I, I agree completely. I, I believe Rashim has actually been recruiting for USC quietly for a bit of time here, and he'll be going there.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with USC as well for Rasheem Green, uh, reuniting with Buddha Tucker, Lajwan Tucker, and, and Dory Jackson and all those guys at Sarah that are now at USC. That- Jalen. Yeah, Jalen Green, my boy Jalen Green. Uh, the University of Sarah Cavaliers, if you didn't know. Uh, that's that's what the acronym is for. Uh, the next guy, obviously from Sarah as well, five-star outside linebacker Johnny Houston, also had an in-home uh, meeting with the USC defensive coaches. Uh, and I think it would be an all-time shocker if he doesn't choose to stay in town, Chris. Yeah, uh, you know, he's,
0: he's going to be a Trojan too. I think I kind of gave away my prediction uh, in the Richie Green segment. Uh, but from what I, I've heard, Oregon is, is a dark horse candidate worth looking at um, that he might be considering. But I don't think it's going to happen. He's going to pick USD. too. They, there's just too much of a needed linebacker. Um, they get too many guys from Sarah. And, you know, he's been interested in them for so long. They offered so early on in the process. It just seems like it's, it's what's going to happen.
2: Yeah, I felt like Houston's probably the strongest lean or lock or whatever term you want to use um, to USC
1: yeah for the longest time and yeah. I, I've, I've even heard that a lot of schools just stopped recruiting him altogether yeah. just because they knew they you know they didn't stand in chance and they wanted to use their time on, on other prospects uh, one of those prospects another five-star linebacker is wow. Porter, Porter Gustin And i think this one's the the most interesting one heading into signing day it's going to be i think uh he's announcing actually tuesday the day before signing day so we'll know by then but he's down to usc ohio state arizona state and utah Uh, coach sermon and coach wilcox two of the defensive coaches attended a major league showcase in which he participated in he threw 93 miles an hour i heard that's what he was clocked at and i know some scouts have tried to convince him that baseball is where his future is obviously he's a football player i think first he had an in-home visit with urban meyer last week chris also met with some arizona state assistants before taking off for columbus for his official visit to ohio state he's announcing tuesday 11 a.m mountain time at a ceremony in his school in salem utah i'm gonna go with USC. That's just my gut feeling right now. It's a toss-up, though. I, I don't, I don't, I don't have a gauge for this one. It's. I think it's going to come down all the way until he announces. Chris.
0: Yeah, he's he's kind of the, one of the hardest reads, I think, of the prospects uh, remaining that USC wants, um, because he's not the LA kid and a guy that you know. Had that offer so early on and it was, it just grew up, you know, naturally knowing about USD and, you know, being around that program and it A- being close to home. Uh, I think it's going to be USD, but I'm really not sure on this one. I think Ohio State could definitely get him. I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, you know, Arizona State, you know, I think he's really interested in them too. So, but, you know, who knows, but I'll pick USC right now.
2: I'm going to read between the lines a little bit here. I know that you know, we, ha- we, kn- we know that he had the, the visit with Ohio State, and I felt like going into that, that USU would be the favorite. And if it was a pie chart, Ohio State would have a you know pretty good percentage. Maybe, they, maybe they'd have like 30, and USU was 50, and ASU was like 20, something like that. And for OSU to flip him you know, in his heart, I thought would require him to come back from that visit and then need a little bit more time. And I thought he might even have to delay that announcement because he had even more to think about and, you know, had some doubt about USC. Given that he came back Monday and, you know, tweeted out, like, I'm I'm making a decision Tuesday, I'm ready to go. um, That tells (laughs) me that nothing changed. And so, not that I feel super confident about it, but... I think he'll end up at USC as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, something that did change, though, was his flight itinerary ah. from Columbus. He was scheduled to fly into Detroit and get out to Utah, but he had to actually take a flight from Columbus to Los Angeles, of all places, before heading back to Utah. So we'll see whether or not the, the I guess the weather, you know, maybe changes mind a little bit. or He, he got another case of LA weather. Yeah, he comes out to Los Angeles. Was it
2: 75 today?
1: I don't know. I, I haven't really been outside. I've been in the office for a <laughs> while. It was dark, and I would assume you came early. You I came, came, came a little bit here, later. You came in here kind of sweating a little bit. So, <laughs> <laughs> one guy that's in LA right now and loves the weather and, and is probably not going to leave is, is Bishop's Elysian defensive lineman Kevin Scott. Uh, I know he's very close with his mother. He wants to stay close to home. I know that's what USC's been pitching him with. He took an official visit to Ole Miss, and people there that I've spoke spoke with, I have, I have sources in, in Mississippi, apparently. Of course you uh, they, They've told me there's some, some skepti- skeptical, I guess, feeling about whether or not uh, the Trojans really value him because they jumped on him so late, but I think, you know, USC gets whoever they want, you know, or yeah. gets whoever they want, and especially here locally. Um, and, and I think that's just going to be tr- too much to turn down for Kevin Scott. Yeah, um, you know, I think that with
0: that point, with them jumping in so late, uh, that. That's a good point, but when he sits down and really thinks about all these schools that he's considering jump in late because for the longest time, he really only had options in the Mountain West. Uh, you know, I think all these offers start coming in December, January. Uh, you know, I, I think that for him, staying close to home is going to be too much to turn down. I think that the education that USC offers, hes a, he must be a communications major, and they have a really good communications school. Uh, I think that's going to be a draw, too. So... You know, it could happen. I could see him thinking that he's an afterthought of this class in a way. You know, he kind of is. He's their fourth defensive lineman. But, you know, he's close to home. Education fits. is an opportunity at USB because they're going to be thin in the defensive line coming up. It seems like it's going to work out to the Trojans.
2: Yeah, the number one thing that players care about is playing time because they want to play in the NFL. They care more about that than winning the national title and getting a good education.
1: Yeah. And so
2: Not that they don't care about that. I'm just saying. They care about playing. They don't want to get a great education and ride the bench for four years. So Kevin Scott looks at that gap chart, and it looks pretty good because there's no one there. Like, there's no one there after this year. It's like all freshmen. So I think that he comes to U.S.A.
1: Yeah, I believe uh, I believe he'll come to USC as well. Two guys that are maybe you know longer shots to end up here in Los Angeles with those guys. Uh, Buffalo prospect, Tyrone Wheatley Jr. He's a he's a tight end slash defensive end, and that's been the biggest talk. I know Michigan's a suitor. His, his father just got hired there uh, under Jim Harbaugh, the new staff there, uh, and he officially visited UCLA as well. The Bruins don't like him at tight end, and that, I think that's, that just kind of dropped the Bruins from, from being a contender. Uh, USC likes him wherever, so I think they'll take him at tight end. I know they want to take two in this class. So I, I think USC has a good shot at, at landing Tyrone. Wheatley, I just think it just matters, and it depends what Michigan does there with that, with you know his dad selling him, and and whether or not they they can take a couple guys that uh, you know fill some roster spots. So we'll see. We'll see what he ends up doing. I'm gonna go with Michigan just because you have to go with what the dad's gonna want. Uh, but right now, you know, I think this one's also kind of a toss-up, Chris. Yeah, it is. he's
0: he's another hard read uh, on USA their last. Uh, you know, he's definitely the first guy that we've talked about where you can't say that you know USD's the favorite. Um, I think there's an outside chance that you you know, if he's taken unofficials to USC. It's out like for unofficial visit. You know, he went on an official visit. It, it it seems like they they have a shot. You know, they've been talking to him for a long time. But his dad's at Michigan. You know, Michigan just hired Harbaugh. Uh, I I really don't see him turning that down. It's closer to home, too. You know, he's in Buffalo, New York. So, I don't know. It just, uh, it all all times, seems to point to Michigan.
2: Well, you would think that. It's very curious to me that, given that Harbaugh's been there for, you know, about a month, and his father's been there now for a couple weeks, that he didn't kind of lean toward Michigan immediately, or, you know, I mean, he didn't even have him at one point in his top five. And, I have not understood why that wouldn't have already kind of been a formality. Um, there's something going on there, and then you we know that you know Clayton Johnston is going to talk to you about blue shirting, and you know they might be looking a blue shirt and maybe another guy even on top of him. Um, they're preparing for you know the event that one of these big four between Guston, Houston, Green, and Marshall don't come. And Wheatley would be a big pickup. So I wouldn't count out USC. Um, they're not the favorite. But I, I don't even, I'm not going to pick a location. I don't know where he's going. I'm just saying that I wouldn't be shocked if Tyron Wheatley came.
1: Yeah, neither would I. I, I think uh, USC made a great pitch with him. And like I mentioned, tight ends coach Marcus it, it wants to have two guys. He wants to have another guy to add to Tyler Petit and Tyrone Wheelie's. His, his relationship with him dates back to when he was young, and, and it's a natural fit, I think. So we'll just see what, what happens. Uh, a guy that had told me recently, J.J. Wilson, four-star athlete from Valencia, he told me recently that he didn't really like the blue shirt idea that the Trojans were tossing out. I know Arizona State's been a big player for him. So I'm going to go with the Sun Devils for J.J. Wilson. Um, Chris, who are you going with with uh, J.J. Wilson?
0: Well, with Arizona State, too, um, I think USC, you know, it's worth watching, it's worth paying attention to, you never know what can happen, but it, Arizona State's recruited him longer, they've wanted him more, you know, they, they've kind of turned into a, a top, you know, program in the Pac-12 South, but I, I just think that that's, that makes sense for him, it's just, this it seems like a fit for him, so I'm thinking Arizona State.
2: Well, we heard that, um, over the weekend, Wilson became a little bit more familiar with the whole blue shirt process and realized that he didn't have to pay his way if he were to come in that way. Um, it would just mean, again, that he wouldn't come in the summer. He would come in the fall after they begun practice, and then they can give him a scholarship. So he really wouldn't be paying for anything. He would just be at the bottom of the barrel. And I think that ultimately will be why he would not come, because it is a setback to come in as a walk-on and then not be, you know, in those summer workouts and then join the team. And you're you're not a priority on that roster. It's a very deep and competitive, you know, class. And so I don't think he'll be coming, but um, like Chris said, you know, I think USC is probably still a dark horse.
1: Yeah, and I think we're sticking with this tone that USC will close very, very strongly, similarly to how they did last signing day when they got Adore Jackson and and Juju Smith and Damian Mama. And uh, I think February 4th will be a a very, 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 very good day for (laughs) for Trojans fans. Uh, And thanks a lot for for tuning in to Trojansports.com podcast. For Chris Swanson and Adam Maya. I'm Blair Gulo. See you next time.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's Trojansports.com podcast. Your one-stop shopping for everything Trojan Sports. Recaps, previews, the best in recruiting, and some fun and frivolity with the boys. Follow the guys on Twitter at BAngulo, at Chris Swanson, and at Adam J. Maya. We'll see you next week on the Trojansports.com podcast.